0: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits. Long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: Good morning and welcome. Welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Glad you are here, and I extend happy Valentine's Day greetings as well. And I'll just say this. I'll talk a little bit more about this later. Don't know how much I'll say. But I hope that not just this day, but maybe in a special way on this day, that you experience love. Experience being loved. And I will tell you the most dependable way of experiencing that love is the love of our Heavenly Father. His love is everlasting. It is not conditional. It is not seasonal. And I know above everything else, that's the most reliable love. But I also hope that you experience love from... At least one other human being today I'll just put it that way I'll have some other comments about this a little bit later on in the broadcast and I'm always curious to get your thoughts on this particular subject a lot to talk about events developing on Capitol Hill which is just an absolute mess (laughs) we will address this coming up We've got a lot of drama going on between the House and the Senate. We will address this, especially as it relates to immigration, funding for wars, all of this stuff. And how that divide is evidenced right here in the state of North Carolina with our two senators. And I don't mind saying this. One senator who is a reliable conservative. The other senator, a person I believe probably has presidential ambitions who absolutely has to walk the walk and talk the talk of big government Republicans and will continue to do so. So I have no other expectations. But we'll talk about this later on. We have a new story today, and and this one's really disturbing. And, And some people might think I'm unhinged on this. I really believe... There are certain things that our government does that are frankly criminal. I'm going to tell you about one example of something they are now threatening to do, one particular agency. And I'm going to tell you right now, I know this will be a big tease, but I think the people, if they follow through with what they are threatening, they ought to be arrested. I'm serious about this. Now you're really curious. What is it that Vince is going to address? It's coming up a little bit later on. Very ugly news in the state of New York. The seat that was occupied by George Santos, a Republican, the guy who was a total fraud. Well, now the Democrats have flipped this seat. And as you might expect, there are people who are trying to extrapolate from this Some sort of uh, projections on what this means for the rest of the elections throughout the year. Does this set a tone? Who knows? Bottom line is, there's yet another (laughs) person taken out of the mix for Republicans, and now the margin that Republicans have to play with to get legislation passed is... More narrow than it's ever been. We'll tell you about this. Polling data for South Carolina. It's not good for one Nikki Haley. Now, I think it's really um, interesting, the campaign that Nikki Haley is running, and I'm going to say some very strong things, and some people will will probably be like, you know, where where does this leave us and what are you thinking and i it's it's really a mix because i told you nikki haley is saying a lot of true things she's right on the money on some things but i'm also going to tag this woman for her duplicity and i'll tell you more of what i mean by that coming up a little bit later on haven't talked about this kind of thing lately but I told you early on as a young Christian, I was very much obsessed with eschatology, the end of the world. I was sure Jesus was going to come back in this generation. Well, you know what? I mean, it could still happen. I don't put a lot of attention in this now. But the reason I bring this up, it's kind of interesting because there are people, especially wealthy people, who are preparing for the worst. They believe, or at least they're concerned about the possibility, some catastrophic things will happen. We'll tell you about what some of these wealthy people are doing to prepare. I mentioned we'll also have some personal comments about what's going on with this particular day, if you want to share any of your thoughts about anything special you're doing today for Valentine's Day. The meaning of this day for you, if there is any, and um, yeah, that's a preview of what is ahead. First, let's talk some headlines before we delve into the nitty-gritty of what's developing in our world. Here are the Capitol headlines from Drudge today. Republicans impeach Homeland Security chief over border crisis. First cabinet secretary impeached since 1876. That's a long time. We also know the Senate will not remove this guy. The Democrats are in in charge of the Senate. This impeachment is pretty much dead on arrival, the meaning largely symbolic. But I think I'm glad it's been done anyway. Joe Biden refers to this as petty political games. He should know he is a petty political game. And also a cartoon character. After border bill failure, and we'll talk about this maddening story, ICE considers mass releases to close budget gap. Yeah, this is absolutely crazy. Absolutely, positively crazy. We will delve into this, beginning with the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas. It's kind of funny because... The Democrats have pretty much been mocking Republicans because they've tried twice to impeach this guy. And this goes back to the issue we've expressed before about the thin margin of control for Republicans. Well, all they need to do is get one additional Republican to show up. And that's apparently what happened. And so. Nonetheless, even though this may not go anywhere, um, Mayorkas has been impeached. We'll talk about this and much more. on the vince coakley radio program 20 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock as i mentioned a whole lot of stuff going on on capitol hill first because i'm a generous guy let's go out to a call from dean good morning dean and welcome good morning vince hey i was listening
2: to you about valentine's day and i mean it's for everybody right you can wish anybody a happy valentine's day sure I mean, why not profile you or anything will it
1: of course not
2: I mean, it's not like a heterosexual kind of thing or nothing. So, if if that's okay, then I just want to wish you a happy Valentine's Day because you said you wanted some of the love. So,
1: well, thank you, Dean. I absolutely appreciate that. Uh, and it's very I, kind can of I you.
2: Shout out to Boomer too, because. Boomer always makes me happy. He never, I never get mad at him, so I think he deserves a happy Valentine's Day too.
3: That is
1: okay. really awesome. Well, that's very generous of you, and I wish you a very uh, wonderful Happy Valentine's Day as well. Well, so, well,
2: thank you, Vince. I appreciate that, and uh, uh, you, you bring a lot of love to the show. That's uh, every well, day.
1: Well, thank you. That's very kind of you to say, and. Uh, Very much appreciate that. So I'm glad I took that call. That's a great way uh, to set the tone for today. Uh, My regular texter here, Chris, about Valentine's Day. Cards, flowers, nails, and feet done, and a late dinner. Okay. That's pretty cool. Special plans here. Malik posted this. I thought this was very interesting. I saw this during the break. I see so many people on here talking about how they're waiting to see what somebody is giving them or asking what people are giving them for Valentine's Day. But I don't see anything about them doing anything for anyone for Valentine's Day. And these are dudes. What the heck is wrong with all y'all selfish blanks? He says Malik pretty strong words. And this is a good thought. I mean, it it is. Remember, it's better to give than to receive, and so I expressed that. That's a very important thought to consider. You know, even as I talk about being loved, um, it's important to think about, hey, how can I express that to other people, and especially to someone who is special in my life? So, yes, absolutely, uh, get the point that is made by this post. So, third time's a charm for the Republican Party, impeaching Alejandro Mayorkas over the border. The Senate will need to address the Homeland Security Secretary's impeachment when it returns February 26th, but the Democratic-controlled chamber will not convict him. It's not going to happen. So the Republicans muscled through a vote to impeach Mayorkas over his handling of the border. The vote, and this really sums up how close the margin is, it was 214 to 213. One vote. Three Republicans opposed the impeachment. Mayorkas is just the second cabinet secretary in U.S. history to be impeached, and the first in nearly 150 years. Speaker Johnson, Mike Johnson, saying in a statement, From his first day in office, Secretary Mayorkas has willfully and consistently refused to comply with federal immigration laws, fueling the worst border catastrophe in American history. He's undermined public trust through multiple false statements to Congress, obstructed lawful oversight of the Department of Homeland Security, and violated his oath of office. Wow. And the final words here. Since this secretary refuses to do the job the Senate confirmed him to do, the House must act. And then you have the whiny Mr. Magoo pointing out a statement. History will not look kindly on House Republicans for their blatant act of unconstitutional partisanship that is targeted an honorable public servant in order to play petty political games. I'm trying to be restrained here. This is so ridiculous. Now the matter heads to the Senate, which almost certainly will vote to acquit Mayorkas, given that two-thirds or 67 senators would be needed to convict and remove the secretary. Democrats control the upper chamber. While all but a few House Republicans united behind the impeachment push, GOP senators have poured cold water in the effort. Kevin Kramer of North Dakota, a Trump ally, called it obviously dead on arrival and the worst dumbest exercise and use of time. I could um, come back with something to say about stupid and waste of time, but I'm going to be kind here. They're not going to get 67 votes. Clearly, they couldn't even get probably wouldn't even get a majority even if Republicans control the Senate. I mean, that's just my sense about this. Once the House impeachment managers transmit the articles to the Senate, will be required to hold an impeachment trial. It's expected the articles will be quickly dismissed or the trial will be sent to a special committee that would hear the evidence from the impeachment managers and report it to the full Senate. And we gave you that date. February 26th is when... Lawmakers return to Washington. So we will see how they handle this. Bottom line, this is going nowhere. The meaning of this is purely symbolic. And as far as symbolism goes, I'm not big into symbolism. But maybe there's some value in this. Who knows? On the other side, we've got this foreign aid package. And you, well, you would believe what is going on with this, the political maneuvering going on behind the scenes, and publicly for that matter, because there's an effort by the statist, big government Republicans to try to bully Mike Johnson into bringing this legislation to the floor to fund other countries. I have to tell you, I'm very, very disgusted by what they're trying to do. We'll tell you about the effort to twist the arm of Mike Johnson and his response, which is gratifying so far. We'll also talk about the divide right here in the state of North Carolina. We have one senator who's all for this funding package and another senator against. I'll bet you can guess what their positions are It's so predictable. It's not even funny. So there is not exactly a love relationship between the House and the Senate right now. And I'm talking Republicans. There's infighting going on here. And it's really the same battle we've seen for years. It's the statist big government Republicans versus those who are more inclined to pursue a conservative agenda. That's really where the battle lines are drawn. There is a piece, in fact, let me find this here. But there's a piece that was actually written to try to urge Speaker Mike Johnson to pick up this legislation to fund these other countries where is this thing i'm not going to spend a lot of time on this i I want to put more time into the response breitbart's headline mitch McConnell staffer pushes mike johnson to sacrifice his speakership for ukraine first bill now keep in mind this is breitbart Uh, thing to understand about breitbart they are full on the so-called uh, populist agenda, and you will hear that in their headline here. Ukraine first. This is a, an obvious slap at Mitch McConnell, who clearly is a big government Republican. A staffer for Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is sharing an op-ed throughout Congress calling on House Speaker Mike Johnson to sacrifice his speakership to advance a Ukraine first aid bill. An email from a McConnell staffer reviewed by Breitbart News shared an op-ed by conservative radio host Hugh Hewitt. In essence, for the sake of alleged national security risks of Russia, Hamas, and China, the radio host calls on Johnson to sacrifice his speakership to help pass the bipartisan establishment $95 billion foreign aid package. Here's a direct quote from this. Speaker Mike Johnson may well lose his gavel if he forces through the supplemental as the GOP as a whole wants. The knucklehead caucus that toppled former Speaker Kevin McCarthy is still there. Do you see how they see People who disagree with him. They're knuckleheads. They're still ready and able to fundraise off of chaos and clicks. And it may throw a tantrum when Ukraine aid passes and mount yet another mindless attack on itself. National security is serious stuff. However, the most serious stuff. Sacrifices may have to be made, including by the speaker. Johnson needs to step up, come what may, and guarantee the country's defenses and its alliances. This is the big government statist perspective. In the email reviewed by Breitbart News, the op-ed was among many news articles and statements on the foreign aid package McConnell staffers shared that might be of interest. So here's the deal. They know this is probably the last straw. This probably would be the last straw for Mike Johnson. There would be an effort to get rid of him if indeed he brings this to the floor. Because here's what's going to happen. I hope this doesn't happen. If he brings this to the floor, an overwhelming majority of Democrats will vote for this. And I'm going to guess at least half of the Republican conference will vote for it, too. It'll pass. So the key thing for Mike Johnson is just not to bring it to the floor. Which is what he's saying. It's going to require a tremendous amount of courage for him to take the stand. But I will tell you, there's a pretty good chance if he does indeed bring this to the floor for a vote, and it does pass as I suspect it would, I think his speakership is over. They know what's at stake. I'm always amused, too, by these people who always want somebody else to sacrifice When's the last time Mitch McConnell have sacrificed? Or any of these big government bureaucrats, they don't know the meaning of the word sacrifice. Well, they do. The meaning of sacrifice is for you. That's for you, you know, lower life forms. See, they don't have to do anything like that. You do. It's really disgusting to watch. Now, so far, Mike Johnson is standing strong. Breitbart reports he stuck a dagger in the Senate's hard one ninety-five billion foreign aid package, almost assuredly killing the bill's chances of becoming law. In a Capitol Hill hallway, Johnson said the House will focus on the upcoming appropriations deadlines, ignoring the bill the Senate passed before sunrise Tuesday after an all-night session. Telling Punchbowl News, I certainly don't right now, when asked if he sees a scenario in which he would put the bill on the floor for a vote. We're dealing with the appropriations process. We have immediate deadlines upon us in that. That's where the attention of the House is in the moment. Good for him. This is what's called leadership. He staked out a position. He's determined, you know, the priority is getting these appropriations done. That's what we're going to focus on. This garbage that just came from the Senate, I'm just going to ignore that. I think that's absolutely cool. Good for him. Good for him. Because this does take courage. He's, I, I want you to know, this man is going to get a whole lot of pushback. And they're going to try all kinds of things to scare him. To bully him, manipulate him into putting this on the floor for a vote. Because as I said, it's going to get passed. The key thing is to keep it away. We do not need to spend this amount of money. It's really that simple. Love to get your thoughts as we continue the broadcast still to come. We'll talk about how two of our senators here in North Carolina voted on the legislation. As I've said before, it's not surprising at all. One conservative, one statist Republican who loves to run as a conservative.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: So we told you about this rift between the Republicans in the Senate and in the House. The Senate has gone along with this big government spending plan to fund Ukraine and Israel and who knows what else. Mike Johnson saying this thing's dead on arrival. We have other priorities. Good for him. So how did our own senators vote on this thing? Charlotte Observer has an interesting story. North Carolina's Tillis and Bud divided over aid package for Ukraine, Israel, in overnight voting. Opposing votes on this $95 billion package for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. The vote was 70 to 29. Tom Tillis, among the 22 Republicans who helped Democrats. For Tillis, he told reporters, the aid package essential for stability and failing to pass it would damage the United States' international relationships. You know, Mr. Tillis, with all due respect, I don't give a rat's ass about our perception of our international relationships because that's the key thing. It's our perception. Senator Ted Budd, who voted against the bill, believes the United States needs to secure its own border before helping foreign countries. We want to help our allies and partners, but to keep our nation strong, we must always put America first. This is common sense. It really is. But and Tillis both voted earlier this month against border security and foreign aid legislation in the group of their fellow Senate Republicans to negotiate with Democrats. Tillis told reporters his vote against that version of the bill came because it didn't have support from the majority of the Republican conference, and he believed it would be a waste of time to send it to the House. Well, Mr. Tillis, with all due respect, it's kind of flimsy, because what have you just done now? You've sent another waste of time to the House. I mean, at least the other legislation had something in it for the border. The latest bill offered the aid without the immigration changes and divided Republicans. The tension boiled over, led to a marathon weekend and a nonstop session Monday night. That did not conclude until the bill's passage early Tuesday. Like Bud, Tillis also spoke on the Senate floor about his decision to vote for the bill. This Congress cannot be remembered in the pages of history for emboldening, emboldening Russian President Vladimir Putin and Chinese President Xi. So... I remind you again of Liberty Scores. Should we go back to the Liberty Score... For both of these members of the U.S. Senate, Ted Budd, reliable conservative in the House, has proven to be a reliable conservative in the Senate. He has an 84. Tom Tellis, career politician, and I dare say there have been plenty of items suggesting this man has presidential ambitions and that there are people who would love to see a candidacy from someone like him. He has a 49, which is an F. I do not for the life of me understand why. I, I, I it, it just blows my mind. Why, um, again, if you're going to be a part of a political party, that doesn't mean somebody's going to agree with you all the time. But if they don't even agree with you half the time, even vote with and for you half the time on the issues that matter to you, I, it, it makes no sense. None whatsoever. And I welcome the opportunity for a conversation with Mr. Tillis on this because I, uh, I just don't see... What leg he has to stand on on these issues. I really don't He is in another dimension altogether Certainly not in the mainstream of conservatives Big government Republicans. Absolutely And as I've said before my hope is we see a continuation of the strong stand that is being taken by Mike Johnson it is very much needed. I want to tell you about something that I, I think really borders on treasonous that is now being threatened in the midst of these budget issues or whatever they want to call them. We have this story today out of the Washington Post. U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement has drafted plans to release thousands of migrants and slash its capacity to hold detainees after the failure of a Senate border bill that would have erased a $700 million budget shortfall. The bipartisan border bill Republican lawmakers opposed last week would have provided $6 billion in supplemental funding for ICE enforcement operations. The bill's demise has led ICE officials to begin circulating an internal proposal to save money by releasing thousands of detainees and cutting detention levels from 38,000 beds to 22,000. The opposite of the enforcement increases Republicans say they want. You know, considering all the people that have been led into this country illegally, this is really kind of a drop in the bucket. Worst case scenario, and I say worst case scenario, you need $6 billion? Okay, here, take it. Send a standalone bill to fund ICE. Okay, if you need to do that. But this is borderline treasonous, and the people who would try to re- use this as a political issue, they ought to be fired. Our number two is straight ahead. Hour number two of the Vince Coakley radio program. Ah, There's a whole lot more that we'll delve into before this broadcast ends, including a very (laughs) unfortunate situation that's developed in New York, a congressional seat that has been flipped now to the control of the Democrat. I'm going to talk about Nikki Haley. It's kind of a mixed bag because, you know, I've said before, she's got some pretty uh, insightful things to say. But I'm also going to call her out for something she says, which is really way off track. So um, that's something that we will talk about. And this issue of billionaires, rich people they have come to the place some of them where they're very concerned about what is going to happen in the future to the point where they're making preparations for I don't know Armageddon <laughs> we'll tell you about what one person is doing and ask you what you're doing because they are you know it's kind of interesting I don't know how how prevalent this is i don't know if there's a way to track this as to whether this is a trend that's on the downslide now uh you remember the prepper movement it got a lot of attention i think there was even a a show about this and i haven't heard much about it lately so i don't know if secretly that's kind of behind the scenes that's still getting traction who knows valentine's day Happy Valentine's Day to you. If nobody else says it to you, you've heard it from me. A Facebook friend of mine, Denzel, posted this. It's a repost. It's okay to not have a Valentine on Valentine's Day. I didn't have a groundhog on Groundhog Day. (laughs) Isn't that clever? I love that. And maybe you're pretty much in the same place. There's no Valentine. It's okay. It's okay. One of the things I said earlier as well is just how important it is to first and foremost to tap into that love which is unchanging, and that's the love of God. And then from there, as we experience that from him, then we've got something to share with others. I really appreciate that point that was made by someone earlier about how it's way too easy for us to be preoccupied with, you know, what's in it for us? What are we going to get? And remind you again, you know, how important it is to have the perspective that it's more blessed to give than to receive that is something vital for us to understand on this day and every other day it's it also is important because one of the things i've learned in recent years is the importance of managing expectations i think one of the things that is So critical. Um, And, you know, some of you may disagree with this. If you have a contrary view, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. But if you manage your expectations and you don't have these high, lofty expectations, it's so much easier to avoid being disappointed. You know, I, I mentioned my friend, Dr. Steve Crosby, and one of the things I so appreciate about him is he's talked about the importance of not engaging in romanticism. Now, it's very important to make a distinction between being romantic. You can be romantic without giving in to romanticism. Those are two very different things. You know, for instance, and I'm just using this as an example. Uh, let's say, uh, and because I think women would probably, I think it's safe to say women are more inclined to this. They are looking for that knight in shining armor to come along, for Prince Charming to come into their lives. That is the kind of thing. And Hollywood promotes this kind of idea. And one of the problems with it is most genuine relationships really aren't like that. It's not some sort of fairy tale story. And so this is where... These movies and TV shows, they can be very destructive because it sets people up for a hope and an expectation that for many people, frankly, is just never going to happen. And it's not a reflection that you're not a person who uh, is worthy of a relationship or whatever. It is just the recognition that, you know. This narrative, and that's the key thing, is not reality for most people. And if you just accept that, I think it really makes life so much easier. Just an observation that I hope you will find to be helpful. On this day, I would love to hear your stories about Valentine's Day. What are your plans? What are your desires on this particular day? How are you planning to spend it? And hey, with whom? You know, how long have you been together? Whatever. If you want to share some story that frankly might be inspiring to somebody. Heck, So feel free to do so right here. Wellness Wednesday, let me throw this out to you. I shared a post from Tim recently, and Tim has some pretty strong things to, de- to say, and I think he is a little concerned that some of those things that he posted were a little strong. So he reposted something from A.W. Tozer, who's one of my favorite authors. I want you to listen to this very carefully. Yes, I have a very different view about this today than I did when I read this years ago as a teenager. Tim says, in writing, one thing I've learned is to let someone else say what you're trying to say. This lends credibility and shows that you are not the only one thinking it. To this end, I will let some others speak for me. A.W. Tozer once wrote, If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. Ouch. If the holy spirit had been withdrawn from the new testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. Tozer's right. Much of what we do in the name of church and religion has nothing to do with the holy spirit. Has a lot to do with main street Marketing has a lot to do with consumerism. Tim continues, now am I all wet in my assessments? I'm tired of the charade. What do you think God is? His patience is not everlasting. He's lowered the boom on those who thought they were his people before. I believe judgment begins with the household of God or those believing themselves to be. It's a pretty interesting thought, isn't it? I'd love your feedback.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: Over on social media, Jeff sent this in to me. People that think not having a Valentine on Valentine's Day is bad, here's a little perspective. Talk to somebody who doesn't have their mother on Mother's Day or doesn't have their father on Father's Day. I personally know people this applies to. That's a very insightful thing to communicate. Very much so. We also have this from Chris. Hey, Vince. Tell your lady listeners that knight in shining armor Might be that bald-headed dude with a belly. (laughs) Okay. Hey, he's right. You just never know. You never know what love may actually look like. Okay. Keith is written in again. Vince, hope you are well to all the men out there. If that woman is the one, treat and love that woman like every day is Valentine's Day. There's a wise man right there. People set the bar so high on Valentine's Day. Flowers, chocolates, fancy dinner, champagne. After Valentine's Day, no flowers, a pack of gum, TV dinner, a beer. Valentine's Day is a day to generate profits. My sentiment. (laughs) Keith, you are... (laughs) right on the money with this. It really is. Goes back to the whole idea of marketing again. Marketing. So I told you what has happened in New York, the state of New York, a Republican seat has flipped. New York's third district flips from red to blue. Tom Suozzi is the guy's name heading back to Congress after he won the special election in New York's third district to replace George Santos. You remember him, the complete fraud, who was kicked out of Congress. Suozzi's victory over Republican Mazzi Philip cuts Republicans already razor thin House majority by one seat, making legislating even more difficult going ahead. And it could provide a guide for Democrats competing in similar competitive districts this fall, especially when it comes to navigating their political vulnerability on immigration and border security. Mm hmm. As you know, these folks, they know very well how to take notes on particular races the ideas that resonate with people and they want to make sure they want to make absolutely sure that they can in some way replicate their successes. So if they think this was the key to success, Well, let's do it again. This is why they keep harping on the January 6th thing. They think this resonates with voters, and with some people it does, I'm sure. So they're going to keep going on and 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 on 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 about January 6th. So we will see what the impact will be in the House with one less Republican. Presidential politics, let's talk about Nikki Haley. As we head toward the February 23rd primary. Wow, that is coming up really quickly. The 23rd. And I'm just looking at this, do I see this correctly? 23rd does it actually fall on a Saturday? I guess so. February 23rd, there is new polling information out. And it's not a pretty picture for Nikki Haley. CBS survey asked likely GOP primary voters in South Carolina who they plan to support in the upcoming February 23rd primary Trump leading by a massive margin. He's at 65 percent. Nikki Haley way down at 30. This is not even close. This is going to be a political massacre. A difference here of 35 percentage points. The survey finds Haley has virtually no advantage going into her home state. Three quarters of likely GOP voters say Haley being from South Carolina makes no difference to them. Only one in five say it makes them more likely to vote for her. Five percent say it makes them less likely to vote for her. These are people are like, okay, I remember her and I don't like what I remember. And here's the thing that is probably most significant as it relates to where this race is going. 76% think Kaylee is clearly not part of the Make America Great Again movement. And the vast majority, 89%, are more concerned with national issues than issues specific to the Palmetto State. Isn't that interesting? Trump voters also more set in their decision to support him. 87% have firmly decided they're going to support him compared to 78% of Haley voters who say the same. Trump has a higher approval rating as president, 82% than Haley has as governor, 60 among those likely GOP voters. Further, more voters believe Trump fights for people like you, 81% to Haley's 56 Likely GOP voters are also more likely to describe Trump as tough, a strong leader, and prepared than Haley. Haley, more likely to be described as likable. I think in the current atmosphere of the Republican Party, that is a death sentence. Likable. This is something that most of the people in this particular movement, uh, it's anathema. Being likable is a bad thing. Coming up, you're going to hear from Nikki Haley addressing a couple of subjects. One of them she makes a few more comments about this matter of her husband coming into attack and her, for that matter, over his service in the military. And he also, as in Donald Trump, gets the receiving end of some comments on age, not just about Joe Biden, but also Trump. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program. So Nikki Haley is, you know, she's pretty much communicated there's no end to her campaign. And this is further evidence by the fact that she is about to get a rear end kicked in her home state of South Carolina. It's not going to be pretty. It really isn't. One of the areas where I'm very skeptical about all of these people, and and I know uh, this may bring out the ugliness, but I'm just being honest here. I've reached the point, especially now, where I'm very leery about people jumping on board this Trump train as a political figure. I think you pretty much got a perspective on where I'm coming from With Tim Scott, for instance, who I think I love Tim Scott. I've met him personally, spent some time talking with him several times. He's a wonderful guy. He really is. I was absolutely grieved when I saw him on stage fawning all over Donald Trump. Whether this has to do with the possibility he's on the short list of potential vice presidential candidates for Trump, I don't know. But I have to be honest with you and tell you I am a little suspicious of anybody who is speaking out against Trump now and yet was willing to get in this man's cabinet before. I think we all knew. I mean, I knew who this man was back then. And honestly, and and I'm I'm let me just add this. I have told you about my encounter with Mark Meadows at douglas airport several years ago and it turned out to be less than a year before he was appointed as chief of staff he told me i remember him telling me that day that trump called him periodically to get his input on things and i thought that was kind of intriguing if i had known that he was in in any way being considered to be chief of staff for donald trump i would have warned him Please run away. In fact, there's a whole story. I may talk about this sometime. Someone did a story on Mark Meadows and what has essentially happened to him. I mean, there are just too many people whose lives have been destroyed as a result of being connected to and to Donald Trump. Now, with Nikki Haley, she worked for him as UN ambassador and I assume Uh, By all accounts, seems to have done a pretty good job for him. But I find what she has to say here very um, not very much not credible. It's lame. I'll let you hear this and judge this for yourself. But in a conversation, an interview on CNN, CNN, she was asked, you know, you heard him make comments before about military. Remember, remember the whole John McCain thing where John McCain was. There was some discussion about him being a war hero because he was a prisoner of war. And, you know, and D- Donald Trump pretty much said he was more excited about people who did not get captured. Just purely tacky. There's really no other way to put it. I'm not a John McCain fan, but that was just tacky. So I think with statements like that, we knew who Donald Trump was. Well, anyway, the question was put to Nikki Haley. You heard this and you saw this. Um, why did you work for him listen up
3: well i think at first when he said things you know in twenty fifteen you didn't know whether it was a slip of the tongue or whether this is who he was i was proud to serve America in his administration that's who i worked for is the people of america and to serve in his administration i was proud to do that there were many times that I said to him that he was his own worst enemy. There are many times when I picked up the phone or I showed up in his office and told him that something he was doing was not right. I always told him the truth. I always spoke up for what I thought a strong America should be. And quite honestly, he always listened to me and he was very respectful because he knew I said the truth and he knew that I was looking out for America.
1: Slip of the tongue, come on. We knew by that time. I I just I don't buy this out of Nikki Haley it's garbage now the other subject and again the polls are on her side on this because we've seen repeated polls on this subject people do not want a rematch Trump versus Biden and Nikki Haley pretty much picks up on this theme and saying you know it's really time is up for these two listen up
3: the problem is here you have 70 percent of americans who have said they don't want a trump biden rematch the majority of americans don't want trump the majority of americans don't want biden and now you have 59 percent of americans who have said that trump and biden are too old At what point are we going to say we need a new generational leader? At what point are we going to look at Congress and say maybe they need to leave their power and turn it over to a younger generation of people? Because what you've seen out of Biden and Trump, all they're doing is talking about themselves. We saw Biden. So the special counsel says that he, you know, is mentally deficient and that he is starting to, to do that. He comes out, he gives a press conference, he's angry, and then he can get some things wrong again. But then we see Trump. He goes out and he does a rally, goes two minutes off the prompter, and he's completely unhinged. And so my question is, when we have a country in disarray and a world on fire, why are we really going to let it come down to two 80-year-olds running for president? When we need someone who can serve eight years, fully disciplined, fully willing to work to get our country back on track, it's a wake-up call for everybody. An absolute wake-up call. And I'll tell you this, in a general election, we're given a choice. In a primary, you make your choice. The people of South Carolina and the states after that have the ability to make their choice. It's time that we have our voices heard. It's time that we write this shit.
1: And she believes she's the person to write the ship. <laughs> Good luck trying to convince people of that.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: Are we on the edge of the apocalypse? Is that what is in store? I'm just curious. It's a story we'll talk about actually today or tomorrow. I'm not sure. I may want to spend some more time on this. Let's first go to a call from CW, who is a fan of Nikki Haley. Good morning and welcome.
2: Good morning. How are you today?
1: All right, sir.
2: I'm not a yes, I'm going to vote for Nikki Haley. I will never vote for Donald Trump. I would probably vote for Putin over Trump. All Trump does is lie every time he opens his mouth, it's nothing but a lie.
1: Wow. You're not a fan. Clearly not a fan. of. Did you vote for Donald Trump at all? No. You did not in the past? No. So are you a Republican? Yes, I consider
2: myself a conservative Republican, but he certainly is not.
1: And now, who did you vote for in 2016?
2: Uh, I think it was somebody out in Arizona who was running. Okay, probably dead now.
1: <laughs> in the general election, who did you vote for?
2: <laughs> well, I didn't. Uh, well, he was on the presidential election, so that I didn't vote for Trump, nor did I vote for Hillary Clinton, nor. Okay. And uh, the uh, the last time I voted, uh, I reckon I had to bite the bullet and vote for Biden because he was better. I had more to do with him than i did with trump I, i'll never vote for donald trump for anything
1: you know no, he, he
2: doesn't like the service men because he thinks they're stupid for going into the service he has said that himself
1: yeah i i understand what you're coming for here's one of my problems here's where i i really struggle with somebody who says i'm a conservator or i'm a libertarian and i voted for biden I have the same thought, because I, I, I shared audio recently from S.E. Cup, who I understood to be a libertarian, and I learned that she voted for Joe Biden. I, I don't get it. How can you do that, sir? How can you do that?
2: Because you just can't force yourself to vote
1: for Donald Trump. Why, why, not, vote? why not just leave it blank? Vote for everybody well, else. Is- Vote for everybody oh, next else.
2: Time, if, 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 it, if it's an election that comes up, if it's Trump and Biden, I'll write your name in. <laughs> oh, my
1: oh, my goodness. C.W., what are we going to do with you?
2: <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm just saying that, well, I would tell you what I really think about Trump, but I don't want to do it over there. I, I get it. And I'm sure there will be repercussions from people who know me who will be calling me uh, and chewing me out because I don't support
1: Trump. Tell me CW. What's your most important issue right now? My most
2: important issue right now
1: Something you believe you'd Uh, like to see the president address day one Border security border security, okay Understandable Fully understand it CW. Let's talk again sometime. I've got to go here at uh, I'd love to hear from you again Man, he is not a fan of Donald Trump at all. Eesh. Shirley, good morning and welcome. Yes, sir. yes. What are your thoughts? I
2: am, a, I am not a fan of Nikki Haley. I live in South Carolina because I think she's being supported, and people are giving her money from the Democrats. They are pushing her, and I will never vote for Nikki Haley. Thank you.
1: So you live in South Carolina. Pardon? You live in South Carolina. I'm in South Carolina. What did you think about her as governor?
2: I had no problem with her as governor, but she's not the same person that she was.
1: Hmm. Okay. All right. I understand. And I know
2: you're. I know. I know you're not a fan of of Donald Trump, but we uh, need somebody strong to take over this country again. Isn't it?
1: Okay, uh, fair enough. Very much appreciate your call there, Shirley. Ooh. (laughs) Some very strong opinions there on Donald Trump and on Nikki Haley. So it was a very balanced picture there, a preview of what is ahead uh, in 10 days. Time for us to take a look at the day in history. Tommy, how are you today? I'm doing well. Hope you are. Not bad at all. We begin in the year 270. He is the man for whom this day is named. This saint was beheaded. I uh, don't quite understand how. I need to read the history on this as to how this day became associated with him. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. What is, is it, his name? Uh, Patrick. What's joking, his last? Valentine's Day. day. <laughs> funny. That was good. That was good. It's Valentine, St. Valentine, beheaded. 270 was the year. 1876 was the year, and this guy got a patent on his telephone. Who was this guy? Alexander Graham Bell. You are absolutely correct. 1884, Teddy Roosevelt's wife and his mother died. Isn't that horrible? To lose both on the same day. That's so tough. 1912. This became the 48th state in our union. Uh, It's probably one of the hottest states in the country. Uh, Let's see. What else can we say about... Yeah, it's known for desert. Um, I don't know what else to say about this state. Uh, Then we'll say... It's got to be... Arizona? Uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's pretty impressive there. I was torn between Arizona and New Mexico, but yeah. Arizona's a little further west, obviously. So, 1920, the League of Women Voters is formed in Chicago. 1929, this guy's gang guns down some of Bugs Malone's boys in Chicago. Some gang warfare. Who is the other guy? Uh, Al Capone. You're right. It was Al Capone 1929 when that happened. You must have been there. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was uh, I was uh, getting a Chicago dog. Yeah. <laughs> there you and go. Shot him a Malort. <laughs> or some Chicago deep dish. Yeah, pizza soup. 1972, this opened at the Eden Theater in New York City. Um, it was later made into a movie. Uh, just think uh, John Travolta, Olivia Newton John. Uh, Greece? Greece! So Look at me go. Yeah. 1979. Armed guerrillas attacked the U.S. embassy in this country and was the start of a hostage crisis that seemed like it was never going to end. It was over 400 days. Where was this? Iran, correct? Iran yeah. is absolutely correct. Um, 1989, Iran's leader Ayatollah Khomeini issued a fatwa on Salman Rushdie. You may remember him. And um, I think it was called the Satanic Verses, something of that sort. And sadly, on this day, 2018, a teen shooter killed 17 students at a high school in Parkland, Florida. Before we go, in fact, I think that's all the time we have. I promise we're going to talk about this story about billionaires and others preparing for the end, uh, I think you're going to find this interesting. Why are they doing this? Do they know something we don't? We'll try to find that out. And we're going to have a conversation with my son, a Zoomer. This to be a real good time. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Adios.